Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Steve and Sandy, we are so glad to have you here on Resiliency and really would love to, first of all, just thank you for being on the podcast with us. But uh, Sandy, we want to give you a special thanks for coming out of sabbatical to be with us. Woo! Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> um, but Steve, we're also really grateful for you too. Hey, I'm <laughs> feeling the love. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So, Steve, you haven't come in off the beach for the interview right now like Sandy <laughs> since she's on sabbatical. No. You, you no. haven't crawled out of your hammock to uh, make it to this interview. Hey, now. Hey, I was, Steve's, I was up at Jesus Hour. That's quite a bit. <laughs> there you go. Well, how about each of you guys introduce yourselves, who you are, what you do or have done professionally, and anything else unique or wonderful well, don't say all the wonderful things about yourselves because we don't. We only have thirty minutes. But anything <laughs> unique about yourselves that you'd w- want to share? Um, yeah. So I spent the last eight years uh, doing team development and support um, with Antioch on the field, and have loved that. We started with just a few teams in Asia, and just kind of over the years have been supporting um, all of our teams globally, and have just loved working with teams and um, yeah, just helping them. To thrive has really been valuable. And then previous to that, my background's in social work. So I've done that both internationally and domestically uh, over the years. And I'm Steve Venable, and I'm basically Sandy's counterpart in Waco. So currently I work with the Antioch Waco church planning and mobilization team in team training and leadership development work with teams that are preparing to go overseas and especially in terms of relational values and how we live out and express those relational values that we, that we uh, learn from Jesus and from, we learn from life and community together. Prior to that, I served, I was a, I was a pastor for 16 years. I worked at a Christian camp and I still do a lot of outdoor programming challenge coursework and backpacking and things like that. And that's how I, that's how I refuel. My wife tells when she's tired of me, she says, you need to go outside and play. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and you, you know how to play outside. I will say that a lot of people have benefited from, from your adult learning is the way that mm-hmm. I, I once heard it called adult learning experiential learning i've been in some of those rooms where you've done that before steve and uh and people have sung your praises all over the world sandy for the, oh, for the help you. and the benefit that you've been to so many people so way to go way to go thank we're you. blessed to have you guys and you know our podcast is about resiliency and our our primary purpose is to give our listeners encouragement and hope as 
and, and to give them encouragement, hope, and to give them some tools also, habits, best practices and such that can help them to make it for the long haul in cross-cultural ministry. Awesome. And unfortunately, I guess, team conflict and challenges have historically been one of, one of, if not the number one reason for missionary attrition. Talk to us about that and, and how you guys have worked so hard for years now to help people on teams to love one another and to function effectively together. Sure. Well, we do quite a few things along that line. I mean, that's, that's basically why, we, why, the, the, why the team training department exists, and that's what we do. Uh, we like to – it's sort of a multi-layered approach, but if one way of looking at it would be to say something like that we like to grow in our self-awareness. This is who I am. This is, this is what I'm like. This is, this is what it's like to hang around with me. And then we grow in others' awareness and that – then as we grow in others' awareness that other people maybe are different from me, then we learn how to, we, we try to grow into valuing those differences. Oh, I get it. That's where I'm weak. They're strong. And mm-hmm. in a place where I don't have what it takes, they do. And in, in, in some places I value differently. So we learn to value those differences mm-hmm. and, and lean into those differences. Yeah. And then, and then, we're evaluating uh, how's that going for us? You know, it, are we are we making it there? Not just as individuals, but we're evaluating as a team, capital T, as a team. How are we? How are we doing? Mm-hmm. And how are we growing? So, but th- those are some places that we start with those awareness yep. questions. That's great. Yeah, and I think the um, one thing I would just add to that is I think when we look at it, you know, we, we take kind of our biblical framework for team in um, just really trying to help people uh, be best equipped to walk out both the great commandment and the great commission. And, you know, when we think about the great commandment, um, how do we uh, create space for individuals and teams to really see each other and appreciate each other and God's design in each other and, and really love each other in a biblical way? Um, and then in regards to the Great Commission, how do we um, how do we equip teams so that they can really function and uh, sync up in a way where where their strengths feed off of each other's strengths and where they um, can mitigate the the potential pitfalls? And so um, so our training really falls into those two camps of the relational side, really trying to um, equip them to walk out the great commandment and then the more functional side uh, to equip them to really um, fulfill the great commission in whatever sphere they're in. Well, so with that in mind, nothing speaks quite like a story. And of course, you're not going to reveal names or, or teams or anything like that. But um, but talk to us about, you know, uh, how you've seen the intervention maybe or just the proactive going to and helping a team uh, to do those things that you just mentioned, biblically related mm-hmm. to one another helpfully. Tell us kind of just a, a good success story. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, one thing I've really um, just come to realize over the years of doing this, even more than um, giving teams the right tools, it's giving teams space to pause and and work through things when, um, when the rub is small. And so, you know, um, Examples coming to mind of this past year, and this had been a team that had been together for, let's say, six months, and they were just in the throes of um, 
getting settled into everyday life, language learning, trying to figure out strategy and and there had been some rubs, um, specifically in the places of trust and communication, because those are always, those all uh, traditionally feel like the initial rubs that people feel. Um, and so we came out and we said, hey, can you guys give us three days? Can we pause life and just um, just come around these topics and, you know, build relationally, build, build functionally. And honestly, I think the biggest thing was the team uh, making the space for it. And it was making the space before everything hit the fan, you know? And so, you know, as we started working through things, they, um, I think they were able to talk through, Hey, here's just kind of early on, here's some things that have really started eroding trust. And um, here's where there's just been, I mean, really, it's usually very simple misunderstandings. Um, But because this team caught them early on, I've talked to them since, and I think they're, they still feel those rubs, but it's like they have the language and the tools now because they had the conversation um, early on of, of recognizing what those rubs were, and they, and they caught it soon. So then we were able to put tools in their hands of, hey, here's how to, here's how to address conflict in a biblical way. Here's how to not let things simmer and fester. And um, so we did that really just foundational work around trust and communication and then they were just you know had this big lofty 20-year plan of reaching their nation and they were like so what do we do tomorrow you know and we're just kind of in that stuck place of how do we take this grand vision and really narrow it down and you had team leaders that were like that were very clear on the vision um, and team members that needed very specific details and there was just kind of a miss between the vision and what do I do tomorrow when I go out my door? Um, and so I think to help them break that down to say, if this is what you want to be in 20 years, help your team understand what you want them to do tomorrow. And team members that want to know what to do tomorrow, how do you ask those questions to get clarity? And there had just been some misses, um, in that regard of we're clear on the big vision. We're not clear on what to do tomorrow. So how do we, how do we bridge those two? And so I think, really addressing those two areas, both functionally and relationally early on, I think has really set them up well to be able to have the ongoing conversations. So that would be um, one team that comes to mind. Great commercial for what you guys do right there. You know, the teams that I work with are typically prior to launch. And so um, the one area that I am continually pushing into and I'm finding the best results is helping the teams take the subtle, small, but intentional steps to manage conflict and to get past the, Hey, this feels a little, this feels a little dorky or it feels a little awkward and to say, no, let's, let's go ahead and press in. Just, just take a chance Take it, take one more step in, ask that question that you're not sure you have permission to ask, go ahead mm. and ask it anyway, or say that, tell how this um, process is, is affecting you, even though you're not sure that that's the most important thing right now, go ahead and say it. This, this is how, this is how this is striking me. Is it hitting everybody else this way? Should I be feeling this way? What's going on? And so, so just, and, 
and that's call it pre-conflict if you want to, but it's managing the expectations around can all the voices be heard and mm-hmm. is my voice important enough to be heard? And the and the great team leaders are the ones who help create a culture where there is a certainty that those voices need to be heard. And so sometimes that means drawing out the voice a little bit. And other times it means uh, it might mean something else, but it gives everybody a level playing field. And so that's what I've seen pretty consistently is how to, how to be heard and how to, how to make sure that I'm, that what I have to say is important. And that kind of affected me kind of, strangely maybe it affected me differently than affected somebody else and so what do i do with that and how do we bring all that to the to the front and to the to the team to deal with in a in a helpful way that moves the moves the ball forward steve you said uh that the best team leaders are the ones who who make that uh culture or that atmosphere possible yes yes those team leaders have won my heart and we we do all that we can from the team training and the development side to, to encourage that those behaviors, to, to reinforce those behaviors and to, and to encourage the the team to do the same. Hey, that's, that's what I need. You know, when you did that, that was really helpful for me. Can anytime you have some of that, I'll be glad to take it and and vice versa. And and so team members, Hey, this is how you can encourage your team leader also. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely that holistic piece though. Yes. Good. Well, Steven, a lot of resilience has to do with the mindset. It's not so much that we are resilient or we aren't, but the mindsets that go into our circumstances that help us develop resiliency. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say are mindsets that you found that you have to help people adjust or change in order to thrive as a member of a team? You know, when we're, when I'm working with teams, when we're working with teams together, cause Sandy and I, when she, before she took the sabbatical, we were, in communication on a very regular basis. But when I have a team and they're preparing to go, a typical mindset is something like this. Hey, with God's help, I can do it. And sometimes it's with God's help, we can do it. But the we there typically means my spouse and I. Mm -hmm. It very seldom means my team can do this, my Mm -hmm. team and I. And so that's a little bit, that's a little bit narrow and, and it can lead to some, it can lead to some uh, confusion in expectations. And mm-hmm. when you finally get, when you do get on the field. And so, but that's, that's what, that's what we see. That's what I see consistently over and over again is, Hey, God's called me. Yep. We, we can do this. And, and that's, like I said, it's an individual, it feels more individual or family centric than it does team centric. So we, so on, on our side, on the U S side, we work pretty hard at, you know, dealing with those type of expectations and those type Mm -hmm. of underlying assumptions. We kind of unearth them and get to know them and listen to them and talk, talk back to them and um, start to start to craft a notion of what it means to be a team. And, and, and the thing that we found consistently is that for people who are open relationally, they're a lot less dangerous and mm-hmm. they're a lot more, 
it's not just that they're more fun to work with, but they're, but when it comes to putting open people, relationally open people in the middle of a team, then, then, then they're not, then they're, they're, they're open to what's going on around them. They're open to input from other people. They're open to see God move in new and mysterious ways. And they're open to learn relationally. And so, uh, uh, and then some of these other assumptions like, hey, God spoke it so I can do it, mm-hmm. beca- it becomes more team-centric and it becomes more reliant on, on the team and, the, and the, the, the community voice of God and the way he's speaking to us in a community, in a, as a community and, and driving and pulling us together and, and pushing us forward. Mm. Yeah, I think just to jump off of that, I think um, you know, I think a lot of times along the lines of expectations, we don't we don't actually know what our expectations are until they're not met, right? Like that's when we become aware of, oh, like I expected that, and that that did not happen the way I, I had hoped, expected that kind of deal. And so, I think one thing I really appreciate that Steve does on the front end is really trying to help teams unearth and discover what those are. Um, and I think, again, verbiage is a big deal. So I think just helping people be able to ask for what they need. You know, I think often we um, we assume a good leader is just going to know what I need and be able to set me up in a way that I can thrive. And I think that's not fair on either side, right? And so I think as um, just in stewarding ourselves well of being able to to know and articulate um, what we need to fully show up um, and to be able to um, seek that understanding from our teammates of how to, how do we create that space for them? Um, but yeah, I think that bit of expectation is, um, I mean, that's the big one. What would be the mindset that makes somebody a very resilient team member? Mm-hmm. I don't mean resilient mm-hmm. in, in general, but specifically as a team member. Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, a willingness to uh, both, I think it's both, to, to be able to be forthright and say, I want to fully show up. So this is what could help me show up in team. And that could be everything from, um, and I think being open-handed is the key. So being able to open-handedly put forth what you need, what, your, what healthy boundaries for you are, um, being able to articulate that. And um, in conjunction with that, being able to, to know you're one member of a bigger team. And so how do you offer what you, uh, what you need and hope for, but how do you do that open-handedly? And then how do you bend for the greater good? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think both of those really helps um, with resiliency. And I think just the ability to, to give grace to yourself to adapt and change and to give grace to your team to adapt and change. Because when you step into a new culture, uh, what you thought you needed all of a sudden changes, what triggers you could be very different. And so I, I feel like often we're a different version of ourselves, uh, cross-culturally, sometimes a better version, sometimes a not uh, a more challenging version. Right. And so I think just that willingness to give grace to ourselves to kind of rediscover who we are in this culture and for our team and to not hold people to, well, you said this, why are you not following through? But always that seeking to understand, seeking clarity and, and giving yourself that, that grace also in the process. One mindset that we find that's very important is 
the mindset that values team that says building teams mm. is, is as important as uh, learning evangelism or learning mm. the, the cultural aspects of the place that we're living, that team is team training or team building is not simply a box that we check, but it's something that we lean into and we invest in. Mm. And then that gives us a basis, one of the bases that we need for the long haul mm. to be able to move effectively. Right. And from that, that, I hate to use buzzwords, but you know, there's a type of, there's a type of synergy there where, where we, the teams are able to build on one another. There's a creativity that flows out of there and there is a resiliency to, to, to fall back on that. And the, some of the people that I've seen who have, who have suffered and who have hurt have been, have been teamless or they've been people who, um, who, who weren't able to push into that aspect of, of the ministry. They had the evangelism going and they understood their Mm -hmm. culture and something held them back. It seemed like from, from, from getting the most out of their team experience. How in our in our individualistic tribe not not we don't live in a tribal uh, mm-hmm. environment, a tribal mindset and so how do how do you develop how do you help people develop that that mindset or that characteristic in themselves to value the the we over the I? Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of experiential stuff in Waco on the on the near shores. We do a lot of experiential stuff and we're, we're a little bit handicapped in one sense that we don't, we oftentimes don't have a whole team. We maybe have team members that are being added to an existing team that's already on the field, or we have part of a team and later on another part of a team is going to go. So we try to teach the values of a team that then can be transplanted and be lived out in a team at a future date. So we have a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a gap between some of the, sometimes there's a gap between some of the training that we do and the time that it actually gets lived out. But we do, we have different exercises that we do, different activities that we do. We took it, we took a, the church planning school one time, they had 12 or 13 students. We took them outside and, and we said, here's a bunch of lumber. We want you to build a pergola in the back of the church, behind the church in the parking lot. So so people can enjoy it when it's raining. And so they had to figure it out on their own. They had to figure out what to do with this lumber. And we had, we had one of the facilities guys would come around every hour or so, just in case there were any questions, but they built it better in the end. They built that pergola better and were using a little bit more innovative techniques, at least in a few places than the, than the facilities people had planned on in the first place. And so to realize, so those sorts of realizations, Hey, we worked together. We figured some things out. We did it better than the professionals. There's gotta be something inside to this, this reality Hmm. that is team. We use challenge courses. We use lots of other experiences too, but things where it's not just a mental exercise, like Steve Finley was saying earlier, their whole bodies yeah. are involved, they're solving mm-hmm. problems and they're leaning into each other. Then hopefully that triggers something or several somethings inside of them as a group. They're not a team. There's just inside this group of people who are going through the class together. And then when they join their teams or when their team, they join their teams that are already on the field or when they receive new team members in a couple of years, 
the ground will have been plowed, so to speak, with those values of team planted and ready to be watered. So, you know, when um, I think thinking about the question of what the mindset that helps people make it for long haul, um, I feel like one of the biggest things I've experienced uh, in regards to attention on the team is that relationship task continuum and just the where people fall there is really um, that that's one of the greatest places of tension, I think. So I would, I would love to maybe speak a little bit about that um, cool. as well. About- okay. And then the other big thing is just, I mean, I think we may have hit on this. If y'all feel like we've done it enough, um, I don't think we need to hit on it again, but just the, I think it's so easy to let little things slide and that's usually what happens. And it's, it's a little thing that builds up over the course of a year or two. And then you have the team breakdown, but it's, it's always starts with a little thing. And if people will address, address it when it's small, um, I feel like that has, that has probably been the most helpful thing I've seen teams do is just, yeah, uh, having a rhythm of tending to things quickly. So I think those are the two big things um, that still come to mind for me. So Sandy and Steve, if our listeners only remembered one thing today, What's that big takeaway that you'd want them to remember? I want to say that the model for the team, the, the proto team, the, the model that we're shooting for, the what do we mean in the first place when we talk about team is clearly laid out by Jesus in John 17. In his prayer for his disciples, he says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will, who will ever believe in me through their message, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe that you sent me. So that's what we're going for Mm -hmm. when we talk about team, and when we value team. We're going for the unique relationship that God the Father and God the Son share in the invitation that He gives us to join in that relationship. So we're accepting that invitation. We're being invited into that team. And now, partly because of our obedience and the unity that that brings, partly because of that, the world will believe that that we've been sent from God. So we drive home that value. That's one way that we, that we try to encapsulate the value of team is through our intimacy with Jesus and likening that to our intimacy with one another and what it means to live and breathe as a team together. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the goal. That's the, that's the team that we're shooting for. It's great. What do you got, Sandy? Anything to add to that? Yeah, I think just the, um, I think humility and the attitude of a learner. I, I just can't emphasize enough. You know, I think, um, you know, we think of Philippians 2, where, where, where Jesus took on such humility. You know, if we can learn from his humility and if we can come to any situation as a learner, um, you know, I was just reading Brendan Manning this week and he, and he says, we can never know the motive of man. We can never know the motive of, of another man. Uh, we can just assume. And if instead of thinking we know someone's motive, if we can come in as a learner, if we can 
seek understanding versus draw conclusions, um, that that just creates so much space for for us to help to relate to each other in a healthy way. And so, um, yeah, I think those would be the two things I would add. That's awesome for you guys to bring up John seventeen and Philippians two, and. In John 17, Jesus actually saying, praying what he did to the Father. And then in Philippians 2, for Paul to say, be like Jesus. Yes. Who had this attitude in himself, that one of humility uh, and self, self-sacrifice and surrender uh, for the Father's glory. Just uh, makes me want to say uh, thank you so much for sharing what, what he has taught you guys and continues mm-hmm. to teach you guys about his will for this thing of strong, resilient teams, whether they be small or whether they be of a little bit larger size, just for them to dwell together in unity so that he may command a blessing yes. on their work. So I wonder, uh, Sandy, if you could just pray a prayer of blessing and impartation on us today and on our listeners for you know that that, uh, that you guys have and carry with you as you minister this grace to others. Yeah, love to you. Yes, so Father, we thank you that it is your heart and your invitation for us to walk in the same unity as you have uh, with your son, Jesus, and with the spirit that you invite us into the Trinity and into that place of unity. So God, I ask for each one of us, Lord, would you, um, would you help us access the grace that's available, Lord, to, to walk in the unity that you created us for uh, so that the world may see you, Jesus, so that the world may know, Lord, we Ask God, would you help us to um, be humble, Lord, to come in low, uh, to always seek the good of our brother and sister, to always seek understanding, Lord. Um, now, would you equip us each, uh, Lord, wherever we're at, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good stuff. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank so you, we're Father. just warming up. So can we yep. keep going? I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> getting so envisioned for team. Hey listeners, thank you as always for tuning in to Resiliency. Before we wrap up, I would like to take a moment to ask you for help. One of our listeners recently suggested we do an episode on language learning anxiety. So Steve and I want to hear from you, specifically stories or experiences that reflect stress and anxiety over language learning. If you have a story to share, we would love to hear it. Email us at resiliencypodcast at antiochwaco.com or send a message on Instagram at resiliencypodcast. And as always, thank you for tuning in to Resiliency. Resiliency.